Yes, coming in hot with episode 54 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by the full complement now, Josh and Sam. How are you boys? Yeah, I'll, obviously I'll go first, Sean. Um, yeah, look, I'm good. Good. Really excited to be here. Um, it's been a, been a good week. A couple of weird days of the Super League, but I'm really good. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, boys. There's a yeah, never-ending cycle of, of great news. So I hope more ideas like the CSL come up more often because it's just great, great content for us. Super League's dead since we spoke last. So what what's everyone think? Happy? Good news, I suppose? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy. I, think, I don't think it's dead. I think it's, it's waiting. Um, I think it'll come it's back. It's hibernating. Yeah, it's hibernating, getting its strength. <laughs> Um, potentially trying to open up to a few more people than the what the twelve people that it was discussed with, but I think the next the next agenda on the table is the um is the British Super League. I think I think oh. we could I think we could see I think we could see Rangers and Celtic you know competing with the big boys like the Wickham Wanderers of the world um, after they get relegated. But um, no, well, I, they should start at the bottom of the EFL because that's like where everyone, that's, everyone else because that's where their football would take them. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they're obviously going to have more cash and a big following, so I think they'll um, they'll do okay. But yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't start at the bottom of the EFL like any other team starting out. Like, why would they go straight to the Prem? Yeah. What, what do you think, Sam? You you you're a big Super League fan, weren't you? From memory. Yeah, I was. I was. I was heartbroken to see Tottenham uh, withdraw from the competition. Um, you know, it was our chance to never get relegated, but I guess we'll have to perform like every other team now. Um, but I, I found it really interesting. The uh, just watching, obviously, each days each each uh, of the six English teams withdrew, and uh, it must have been a three for one at the local PR hotspot because Tottenham, Chelsea, and Manchester City all tweeted basically the exact same tweet, saying we can we can confirm that we've formally con- commenced procedures to withdraw from the group developing proposals for a European Super League. I mean, doesn't that sound like it was developed by ten lawyers in a room? That sounds yeah. like um, that sounds like you when you got that anytime fitness membership scrambling for that thirty day cooling off period, isn't it? <laughs> Decline a comment. <laughs> Changing right. emails and credit card details. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I never said put in here. Um, <laughs> it was. It's interesting for me that um, Ed Woodward fell on his sword um, after. Like he's made some pretty high profile errors, but I think even he was like, "Oh shit, like, this is a big one." But Daniel Levy avoided the axe, the thrifty little bastard. Yeah, but I like how Ed, Ed Woodward managed to. Uh, he goes, "Oh yeah, I'll resign, boys." But end of twenty twenty one. But how does how does Levy Levy sacks Jose, but he yep. keeps his job? Well, so on what what's happened there is um, Ed is an employee of Manchester United, whereas Levy owns fifteen percent of uh, um, Spurs, so he's still an owner. Whereas, yeah, I think Woodward was um, he was just mates with the Glazers um, back from the Golden Sacks days. I think. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and he's a family advisor to them, so there you go. That's why he's still there. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, look, All right. opening question. Opening question. Let's go. Yep. So. But it's in the same vein. So pretty simple. Who do you hate most from the Super League fiasco? Or who do you think has the most tarnished image here? I'll go first, Sam, obviously. Um, it's got to be uh, Florentino Perez, right? So I've just got a quick list here of some of his ideas. <laughs> <laughs> some of his ideas were to um, shorten the length of games because um, some of the younger generation um, don't really like football, apparently, and the 90-minute games are just too long. 
Um, first one there. Second one is that um, they'll be able to play games wherever. So he's talking uh, Saudi Arabia. He's talking the UAE. He's talking uh, Fenway um, Stadium. Um, yeah, he's got a range of different places there. Uh, what um, so wait, was the moon mentioned at all? I feel like it for <laughs> Just Mars. Uh, just Mars. <laughs> okay, yeah, go on. Um, oh, his last last one was that uh, the Earth's flat and move on. So the younger generations that aren't aren't really into football and and the the games are too long, and so the idea would be to you know change football to suit them. Well, I don't know. It just it really pissed me off that he like if you want to have this Super League in this um, you know shorter style games like sixty minute games or whatever he was thinking. Like, just go and create that league. Like, why do you have to drag all these massive teams out to go and do that? If it's such a good idea, just go and do it with your a startup team and a super league. Off you go. The other thing I found a bit interesting around that was um, was Florentino Perez. So Florentino Perez is, what, 75? Why yeah, is so he's in touch with this. Why is a 75-year-old uh, white male telling us what young people want? Oh, that's easy. Um, he saw it on the TikTok and the Twitter. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Barney, who do you who do you, who do you hate most, or do you think was tarnished most by this? Well, I actually I was thinking in the same vein as Sean. Florentino Perez is yeah, a bit of a scumbag. Uh, but obviously, Troy Deeney would be a big fan of the man because he's got big cojones. Uh, you know, he just got re-elected as Real President until twenty twenty five, running unopposed. So that would have you know given him a lot of confidence. And then. Uh, even after seeing, you know, the monumental backlash that the ESL got from all the fans and everyone worldwide, uh, he went on to do a lengthy interview with a Spanish media outlet and just doubled down and everything. Again, touching on those, I know what young people want. I'm a 75-year-old white male, so listen to me. Um, and his other great idea as well as self-elected president of the ESL was um, – that he had decided that all Super League clubs would transfer their UCL trophies over to the Super League. So <laughs> that's quite convenient for Real Madrid because they'd all start with – Real Madrid would start with 13 Super League championships already, which is amazing considering they'd never played, like, played a league. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a great move by him, I thought. Very smart. That's good. So, look, for me, um, so I the most the person I lost the most respect for in this was Daniel Levy. Um, and I already spoke Aww. about it before. But, I, like, I feel like he was audacious enough to sack Jose on the Monday. Um, and, like, historically, I think he's been a good operator. Like, that stadium's amazing. Like, he's done a pretty good job to keep them where they are and do the work that he's done. But just, like... It ran over budget by double, mate. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's amazing. Have you, seen, have you, have you laid eyes on it? Um, like, and I think he was doing a good job. That they were progressing. And, it, like, even though he got the appointment of Jose wrong... Um, like it was, it was a statement of intent. They're like, look, we want to bring in a big manager. We're going to be a big club, all this. And then he just turned his back on everything that he'd done. And like, and Jose was the one who had to fall out of this. And it's just, yeah, it's so sad that they had to go through that. And he, he doesn't have to fall on his sword for this. Like he's the one who's done the wrong thing, but he got away with it. I think he, he's always been good financially for Tottenham, but like he's definitely made some contentious decisions over the years. And I'd say there's a fair large portion, fairly large portion of the fan base who are not weren't happy with him even before the ESL thing. Yeah. But, I mean, because he's done so well financially, people sort of look past it. Yeah, he's got like every one of your transfers, he gets every single dollar out of them. Like, and I don't think people realise how difficult that is. So, like, I think he deserves some credit for that. Yeah, I think that at the same time, I think it's people get sick of him, like either 
because like he takes so long to do these transfers sometimes that he turns the players against him or whatever as well. I think it's like both sides of the coin. Like it's great that he's looking out for the club financially, but at the same time, it's like you want him to be move a bit quicker on players and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah overall pretty well. All right, let's get into it. So, look, bit of a look back to the week. So, let's get into a preview. So, Chelsea nil, Brighton nil. The Super League spectre was hanging over this game heavily. Um, what'd you make? A bit disappointing, Sean? Oh, yeah, no, I thought Chelsea were um, a bit disappointing. I thought they looked a bit, a bit tired and slow. Um, Brighton sort of played themselves into a little bit of trouble early with some of their passes out the back. Oh my God, they was so they gave their way in some key areas. Um, but I suppose if that's how you play, then you got to live by that and die by that. Um, Welbeck come closest probably for the whole game uh, where he hit the post. Um, but I thought I thought Brighton were probably the better of it and probably had the better, better chances, to be fair, as well. Um, but, yeah, just not quite good enough to get over the line. Um, they play Sheffield United next, and having picked up a point here, like I think they're just going to be just good enough to stay in the Prem. Um I mean, picked up a point against Chelsea, which is probably one of those free hits for them. Um, and if they play Sheffield United next, who's on a um, five-game losing streak, um, yeah, I think they should be out of sight for Fulham and that should be um, good enough to see them up. So, yeah, not a bad ending for Brighton. Yeah, what do you think, Barney? You're pretty happy with Chelsea performance? Oh, I, I thought the uh, the Habits chance was hilarious where they, they try and pass out of the back. They pass it straight down the throat of Mason Mount. Uh, he lays a nice little three ball in. The Brighton defender cuts it off and with the biggest, like, heaviest touch you've ever seen, straight into the path of habits for yeah. a one-on-one with the keeper. <laughs> it makes a good save and puts it out. But, yeah, that was – I mean, you're right, Joe. I think the the um, Brighton really pushed hard in that last 20 minutes. Um, and they only had about 38% possession, I think, maybe even less. Um, but they still look very threatening going forward and had more shots than Chelsea in the end, I think like 11-7 to 7 or something. Yeah, yeah they're probably unlucky not to win it. Yeah. Ben White's red card, do you think that'll hurt him this week? <laughs> Just hook down Hudson Odoi. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Like, I mean, that'll hurt them, but I think at that point in the game, if you can, you know, just stop that attack going oh. forward. Um, you take that all day and take the point, I think. I thought, I thought that was a great red card. That's exactly what Fulham need. Stop these injury time goals. Just someone <laughs> like Ben White to just come through and cop a red, slow the play down. Unselfish. So, um, interesting results. That really hurts Chelsea's top four chances, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? And everyone feels bad for them too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I actually uh, don't mind Roman in all this. I feel like he was just the guy who's signing the check and was like, what's going on here? Like... Um, all right, so Chelsea, yeah, stay fourth, but um, level on games with the Hammers. They're, they're looking precarious if they're going to keep pulling results like this. Um, and Brighton, yeah, up to 34 points, one point ahead of Burnley, seven ahead of Fulham with a game in hand. I think they're pretty much safe. Yeah, I think what's key for Chelsea is that they play West Ham next. <laughs> so that is that's just a, that's a big game. That's huge. Yeah, uh, we'll get so. we'll, we'll get to that. You stop stop reading ahead. All right. So Tottenham two, Southampton one. Local hero Ryan Mason took charge and got off to a winning start. Sam. Yeah, let me just put something to you. Youngest manager ever in the Premier League, and youngest manager to ever win a game in the Premier League. The Messiah has returned. Oh, <laughs> I feel like those, those stats were both going to work together anyway. Otherwise, you pulled them out differently. He's got um, he's got seven chances to to you know, get that stat that he got at first game. <laughs> they left it yeah, a bit late, didn't they? Yeah, I I thought it was um, actually what, what I sort of took from it was it was very much like Tottenham of old, 
where it's sort of slow start, work our way into the game, like slow, like flat first half, um, but much better in the second. Um, you know, definitely early on, there was a great double save, I thought, from Loris. You know, both shots went straight oh, at that him. That was unreal. But the first one was very unreal. reactionary, and the second one, he just made himself big and sort of put Shea Adams off a bit, I think. Um, how about Adam's reaction? Adam's reaction was like, how the fuck did I not score that? Yeah. Or how did he save that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, the first Southampton goal was was very nice. I thought great ball in and a great little flick header from Ings. Um, I thought it was crazy that there was no player. Like he, he headed that almost at the edge of the six-yard box across the whole goal to the far post and there wasn't one player in between that. It yeah, was, it's, uh, it's yeah. Spurs, mate. They, they do things like that at the back. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good good Tottenham defending. But Bale's goal, I thought, was um, pretty classy. It was that he's, he, he has that in him still that, that sort of, you know, he can pick up a ball and just do something really nice like that, but then go missing for long periods of a game. Um, if, um, if someone asked me, is Bale left-footed or right-footed, I'll just show them that goal. Yeah, like Dragons all so far <laughs> over, and he like outs, reaches out of the outside of the left foot, chops it back twice to get it onto his left foot, and then hooks it into the top corner. I'm like, yeah, yeah oh yeah, he's yeah. left footed, is he? Okay, yeah, going for the cross and it just curls in enough. But no, uh, this this the last Tottenham goal I thought was uh, that was the easiest job for VAR because it basically gave him three opportunities to pick from about which one they want to give the penalty for. It was handball into handball into tackle on the edge of the box. So. If they didn't, if they didn't pick one of those, oh, I would have been tearing my hair I out. I thought but it yeah. was, I thought it was like a double negative with VAR. Like if there was two fingers at the same time, they both cancel each other out. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some new rule that's come in that we don't know about. <laughs> but no, I thought good, good pen from Sun. And I, I actually forgot that there was a penalty taker outside of Harry Kane at the club. When, when I realised Kane wasn't on, I was like, oh no, who's going to take this? Is Lamella? Is it you know someone else? But then yeah, Sun dispatched it nicely and uh, good, good win for Tottenham. Yeah, sometimes I forget there are players outside of Harry Kane um, at Tottenham. Well, you wouldn't um, think so. Yeah, but look, no. So that was it was an important result for Ryan Mason to get that new manager bounce, um, and without Kane, obviously very important. So that pushes Spurs now up to. I'm just trying to load the ladder. Um, what are they seventh now? No, they're fourteenth. No, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's fine. Jose's gone. No, they're sixth at the moment. They're sixth at the moment. Sixth at the moment. So can they get into the top four? Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough ask. I think. I think with like, especially with Chelsea and West. I mean, I even think it's hard to get past West Ham at the moment, let alone like Chelsea as well. Um, I think it might be a little bit too little, too late. We'd have to win all our games for the rest of the season, and then you'd have to see like West Ham or Chelsea drop points. But I got a nice little. I got a nice little stat for you um, to sort of highlight maybe why Jose was sacked. Uh, so Tottenham have lost the last six games where they've been behind at half time. The last time they won in this situation was December 2019 with a 2-1 win over Brighton. So, uh, yeah, probably glad Jose's gone for that one. Lost the dressing room. Um, oh, but I think they can I think they can get in the top four, like, um, not easily, but it's plausible. So if they play um, Sheffield United next, you'd imagine they're going to beat them at the bottom of the table. That's not too hasty, Sean. And um, yeah, but like it's, that's plausible, is what I'm saying. And then Chelsea and West Ham play each other. So if one of those, if that's a draw, you jump over both of them, and then yeah. you're in the top. I think we've got to have some results go our way for sure. It's not, it's not like as straightforward as just us winning. It's other True. results going our way as well. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Um, but what do we think about the the disallowed goal for offside? Like where he sort of ran across the keeper. Was it? Uh, 
it was Mora, wasn't it? Is that is that the position now? I'm just trying to think back to the Leicester City one. Yeah, it was Moira. Um, they yeah. cut across Casper Michael. Yeah, and that wasn't given. That was a goal. That was a goal. Yeah. I, I think it was offside. I, I I I was I wasn't disappointed with that decision. I was like, yeah, look, he is in line with the keeper and the ball, so you know it's offside. And yeah. he's like, he's like in the top six yard box. It's not as if he's like further out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. It, once it gets past him, the keeper's got sort of almost no time to react. And um and what's Harry Kane done? And how long's he out for? I think he's. It was like a minor ankle injury. It was that last game where um a player like sort of fell over. I think it was Richarlison and slightly like, sort of rolled onto his ankle, and he sort of just tweaked it a bit. I don't know if he is. He may play this weekend or he may come off the bench. I'm not sure. But like it was a good chance he'll come back. But whether he's starting or I doubt it. I wouldn't see, see him starting, basically. Oh, the the cup final, you don't think he's going to start? Uh, probably not, I don't think. His, yeah, his, I think just- but his ankles are so like – he's got glass ankles. Like he gets so many ankle injuries that like it's like – I know it's a cup final and we're not we're never getting many, but I don't know. It's risky. Just for your awareness, mm-hmm. Sam, your last trophy was in 1991. So um, no, I think it's, it's, it's pretty important. Isn't it the League Cup, wasn't it? No, we won one in like uh, the 2000s. What was that? It was a League Cup again. Oh, the big cares? one. <laughs> That's Car- Carabao Cup, sorry. Um, just a yeah. word to our sponsors. Yeah, right. I thought it was 1991. It was the last time you won it. No, no. It was like 08. I, or it was recently, like within the last 20 years. So that's recent for us. Oh, yeah, 2008. Juan de Ramos led you to Carling Cup glory. Oh. <laughs> Tottenham legend. Uh, all right, let's move on. So the next one is Aston Villa 1, Man City 2. Bit going on in this one, Sean. Oh, man. I was When that uh, first minute goal went in by McGinn, I just thought, here we go. We are on here. And finally see um, these slugs get beaten. But... Um, like I think City just they just turned the whole game really. Um, their quality just come through. Um, I thought it was nice to see Gareth Southgate in the crowd, um, just lurking around, having a look at uh, Tyrone Mings, I presume. Sorry, John Stones, <laughs> the glass. <laughs> having a look at Tyrone Mings to take his spot, um, and then Jack Grealish was in the crowd too, and he came over and gave him a little uh, pound, and they had a little chat. So getting his ear. Jack's saying, "Why am I not in the team? Why wasn't I in the last squad?" Top thing, and Gareth telling him to jog on. Um, but then from there, it was a Phil Foden show. So Phil Foden was uh, man of the match, um, a nice goal. And the odd thing about his goal was that it was on his right foot. He's very much uh, um, from the Gareth Bale um, state of play where everything's on the left, but uh, on the right and a nice little finish too. And it was look away. Did you notice that as well? So someone told me that and I, I haven't picked that up. No. I, went, I, went so back, he, I went back and watched it a couple of times and, yeah, he sort of like looks still looking over at Bernardo when, he's, um, when he hits it and then he sort of hits it and he's like, oh, shit, that was on my right and it goes in. But, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like a classic. Like he, It was always like an accidental look away goal. Okay. That explains the right foot finish then. Yeah. Um, but then what do we think about um, Martinez's, um, like him coming out for the Rodri header? Yeah. Risky. What's he doing? That's a bad decision, isn't it? Like he's Tough he's one. never going to get there. It's hard on a corner because it's like 
especially at that level, like they whip it in so fast that even though it was on the edge of his six yard box or just off it, like you still, there's still a good chance you won't get there in time. I just think if he stays on his line there, it doesn't come for that. Um, yeah, I think he just catches it off the back of his head. Yeah, it's yeah, easy save. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, but I think him coming out there put him in a bad position. But yeah, so, all right. So uh, then let's talk point, about it. At this point, at this point it's two on two on the city. They've turned the game, but John Stones isn't done yet, is he? <laughs> no, massive Aston Villa fan. There's no danger. Do you think it's, like, do you it's, think it's a red card? On huh? so many levels. Do you think it's a red card? That's yeah. a red card. Yeah, yeah. He's knee, knee high. Yeah, I know, but I feel like it's one of those things where, again, it's like it's causation. Like he's going to clear the ball, and then the guy's coming through, like, and he's clipped him. The yeah, but guy you, you, the guy doesn't have to go through. Yeah, but you've got like a you've still got like a duty of care if you're going to put your leg up <sighs> that high. You've got to like look out for the other player. You can't but just if, like if throw legs around. <laughs> Well, if John, no. John's already there and he's like, oh, I've got a duty of care, the player's got a duty of care to himself as well. Yeah, but you've got to un- he's got to understand the, ri- the risk of if I'm going to put my leg up like this, there's a- if he gets the ball first, I'm off. But, I, I mean, like- he, I feel like he rushed into it like he tried to clear that first goal. You know, he, he sort of rushed and he thinks he's faster than he is. So, he like he slides in, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll clear this this one, bounce off his leg, touch goal. And this is the exact same thing. He's like, oh, I'll get there. I'll put it knee high. And then he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think I people see, are a bit too sensitive saying. about these things now. Like where I, where no, we gone? I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Where he's like he's just not too far off the off the ball. Like it's just slightly mistimed. But the result of that mistiming is just the, to the point. Then it swings to the point which is um, what Barney's going with, where he got him high and late. So yeah, but initially he was given a yellow by the ref, and then VR got it and flipped it to a, a red. I thought I thought yellow was fair. Like because mm-hmm. it's not like it's not as though John's being like it's more reckless than it is um, like him. In, there's no intent there. Yeah, like, no, John's I, just I, going I, to I, clear the ball, and he's not just recklessly going in above the knee. Like we're not talking like Roy Keane on Harland. We're talking about a bloke who's cleared the ball and he's like followed through slightly, like inadvertently. I think he yellows sufficiently. I think people just tend to like that. Oh, it's above the knee, and you know it's this and that. People just tend to panic a little bit. I think, and they, no, they I, take I, everything I, else away before that. I agree that like he didn't. There's no definitely no like intent to hurt hurt him or, or bring him down. But like, I guess you just got to understand as a player that like if you're going to do that, there is a risk you could get sent off. But I mean, on the other side of other side of the coin, um, yeah, like it, it just it just was uh yeah it wasn't wasn't reckless, but you got to you got to be prepared to to wear one if you're going to do that. Yeah, but he wasn't the only one sent off. So your hero, Matty Cash, Sean who um, I actually saw in the flesh and thought he was quite poor, but he's really turned his season around. Um, got himself a red card as well. Yeah, well, we got two yellows in like, was it three minutes? Yeah, yeah had, so he wasn't happy. Wasn't happy with um, – so you got a yellow. The first yellow was legit. Um, I've got no problems with that. And then in between that, he's just taken a heavy touch and he's lost the ball once or twice inside that three minutes. And he seems to just got like frustrated with himself and then just lashed out at, at uh, Foden to slice him down. And um, and then he, just, he pretty much just walked straight off after he um, sliced Foden <laughs> he got, down. He he's got like, Foden, I know it's coming. He got Foden for both cards. <laughs> yeah. That was a definition. That was a definition of a brain fade. That, that whole situation. That was like, that was so poor. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, this is so bad. And it was like so far off the pace, that tackle as well. Just like yeah. him down on the sideline, 70 yards from goal. 
Foden was gone 10 minutes ago and we just sliced him down. Um, but strong name, Matty Cash. It is, Strong yeah. name. It is, yeah. Right, so let's move on to um, great result for City. So they stay first. Manchester United breathing down the next butt. Um, Aston Villa continue their relatively disappointing finish to the season where they're going to avoid relegation, but they've sort of produced nothing. Um, so last one, and this is hot off the press. Leicester City 3, West Brom nil. I haven't seen this one yet. Um have you boys had a look at this? Oh, I'll take you through it then, boys, huh? Are you still go for Leicester? <laughs> I thought you'd change back to me in City. All right, what do you got, mate? No, nah, well, we've got, we got, um, got some players back, which is nice. So for a couple of different reasons, like um, whether that be uh, injury or the um, infamous party um, that went on. Um, but no, we we back to a back three, um, Sionchu, Evans, and Fafana. Um, so I, I, that's our first um, selection in back three. Um, but they just haven't really been able to play together. I think Johnny Evans picked up in some um, injuries. Um, Sionchu had a couple of injuries, and uh, Fafana got a suspension as well. So yes, not to see those, those three back. Um, but yeah, it was just. I was a bit nervous about going into this game because I think West Brom scored, what, eight goals in the last two games and kept a couple of clean sheets. So they're in like the form that they've ever, best form they've ever been in all season. But yeah, I think Leicester just come out and just sort of blasted them from the start. I think their pace and their, their movement was just too much for them. Good to see Vardy back on the score sheet. Got his goal Ash. early. Um, Johnny Evans and then that man, Ian Acho, <laughs> pops up again. Um, he's just on a hot streak at the moment, and um, he got man of the match too. How could you think about having a Super League without him right now? Um, you got to take him. <laughs> so Leicester City smushed him. Vardy finally off the – the monkey's off the back. So what does that mean for the rest of the season for Jamie Vardy? Well, hopefully it's more goals, like, um, is what I'm really looking forward to. So obviously they've got a, um, you know, a big couple of weeks coming up for them um, to see whether Leicester can – you know, push on and, and stay in this top four and, and sort of keep their spot at three. Like, as I said, they've got um, Palace next, so um, that's a big one. And then they've got Southampton after that. So I think they've got a nice run of games here where they can put some distance between Chelsea, West Ham and, and Spurs. Um, Chelsea and West Ham play each other next, so they'll take points off each other. So, yeah, hopefully another chance for Leicester to creep away. But, yeah, they, they put some um, distance between them and Chelsea um, this week. So Leicester... Uh, Staying third, up to 59 points, and um, Chelsea and West Ham on 55. So, a four-point buffer there. All right, um, last question on this one. Did Madison's party cost him a spot at the Euros? Uh, well, it wasn't his party. Um, he just attended. Oh, um, he, made but it, he made it about him. It was Perez's party that he attended, but I don't think that costed him the uh, trip to the Euros. What I think has cost him a trip to the Euros is this hip injury, um, which, you know, sidelined him for sort of eight weeks or something like that. Um, but I don't think he goes to the Euros, not even in the squad. Not right? even he as a sh- fan? No. You can't. Hey, Sean, Fafana got, uh, got subbed off. Is that an injury concern or is that just uh, just precautionary? Nah, I well, he got... Taken off, um, but I think it's because we went to a four. Ah, uh, okay. At the back, yeah. All right, let's move on to into a bit of a preview here. So tomorrow at 5 a.m. we have Arsenal versus Everton, two teams that do not ever stop surprising you. Who do you like in this one, Barney, and why? Uh, was it Everton's away? So I'd probably go Everton because they have a very good away record and a terrible home record. 
Um, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very good away, but terrible at home. Um, and Arsenal, uh, very unconvincing in the Premier League. So I reckon maybe it could be Everton, maybe 3-0. 3-0? What do you think, and, and I very dis- much dislike Arsenal as well. <laughs> I don't know. Everton's form at the moment hasn't been that good. The last five games they've drawn two. No, sorry, drawn three, lost two. Um, but it's a six-pointer, isn't it, this one? You've got uh, Everton in eighth and Arsenal in ninth. I, I, I think everything can do for what? Get me out on the Europa League. Let me table mediocrity. Yeah, go on. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm probably leaving, leaning towards uh, Everton, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, I think I'll go with Everton as well. So no David Luiz, no Kieran Tierney. I think Lacazette might be out as well. Um, no return for Aubameyang. Odegaard could come back, but I think... Everton should be able to get the job done here. I was really unimpressed with Arsenal against Fulham and also really unimpressed with um, Eddie's celebration following that late equaliser where he put the year up, um, equalising in the 97th minute against 18th place Fulham. So <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was a bit excessive. So, yeah, I think, I think I'm with you boys on this one. Everton, but every time I back them um, or they start to put some sort of form together, they tend to go to shit. So... They should be able to beat Arsenal. But. Well, they're not in form at the moment, so that should be fine. Dominic Calvin-Lewin might come back um, oh, for them. Back. And, and Everton still have to play that um, game against Villa that got canned because of uh, an outbreak of Corona. All right, so we're all on Everton here. So let's move on to the other side of Merseyside um, or Liverpool. Liverpool versus Newcastle. Tomorrow night, 9.30pm. I know you're a big Brucey fan, Barney. Do you think he can get it done here? Uh, I actually saw a ridiculous stat on Bruce last night, which was he hasn't won three games in a row since 2009. Yeah, but, <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah, but he's yeah. been the manager of like Hull and Newcastle. <laughs> Winning three games like club record. Yeah, but, but Benitez did it three, three on three or four occasions with Newcastle with a very similar squad. So just putting that one out there. But uh, this one, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool I think will be too strong for Newcastle. Um, I think it should be a pretty cruisy Liverpool win. No, nah, disagree. Oh. I'm going for Newcastle. I think Newcastle will pick up their um, third win in a row. I think Brucey will um, turn it around. I think St. Maxima will cause too many problems for that shaky Liverpool defence. Come on, Newcastle. <laughs> so New- Newcastle have won just one of their premi- 25 Premier League away games against reigning champions. Um, so that doesn't bode well for them. But they did get a goalless draw last year, which ended a run of five straight defeats. Um, I still think I still think there's a big gap between these teams. But I do like I do like your point around St. Maximum, Sean, because I think that Liverpool back four, um, he's the sort of bloke that could get at them and really cause them problems, especially on the counter because they're going to press real high and he's going to cause absolute havoc. I think Liverpool score. Uh, Liverpool will win, but I think Newcastle have got a couple of goals in them here. The Magpies have won 37% of their Premier League matches when St. Maxima has played. So It's not that high. It's, it's not a very good stat. <laughs> one in three. <laughs> that one avoid relegation. I, I know the Liverpool back line's got, like, obviously a lot of very obvious injuries, but, geez, they look shaky at the back there. When I was watching that lead, uh, Leeds game, far out. Leeds, I think yeah. Leeds is a bit tricky, but because they do tend to make, like, they stretch teams. Yeah, I've watched like, the last few games. I've watched like Jesus, Kabak and um, and Phillips are usually in there. Just do not look settled at all. 
It's that moment of transition when they lose the ball, they win the ball, they're really slow to react and they seem to be out of position all the time. Yeah, so yeah. As soon as the ball turns over, you're like, wow, they're out of position. But I think Leeds is like slick passing and sharp passing into those areas um, and they tend to play longer balls. So it stretch teams more, sort of expose that a, a lot. But yeah, I agree with you, Bar. Mm. All right, so um, we're split on this one. So let's move on to the next one. So this is an absolute humdinger. If you'd have told me in September this year, the battle for the battle for fourth position would be fought out in April between West Ham United and Chelsea, I, I would have just fallen off my chair. But here we are. So Sean, who do you like in this one? And can Moisey get it done? I'm probably leaning towards Chelsea. I think um, Moisey's got a couple of injuries to to deal with, doesn't he? I think. Um, Rice still out, and Antonio I think is still ah oh, that hurts still missing. So yeah, I think I'm probably leaning towards Chelsea. Um, and but like what I'm hoping for is a boring nil or draw with a couple of strawberries handed out by the ref. So <laughs> we'll see. What do you think, Barney? That's exactly what Tottenham are hoping for as well, Sean. So let's hope it comes true. <laughs> but no, I I actually think uh, we could see a West Ham upset here. I think it's mm. it's 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 uh, it's written in the cards. I think Moisey's very very much impressed a lot of people this year. His his uh, resurgence is is true, and uh, I think even with a couple of like obviously Rice is going to be out. Um, they could like if Noble's playing in there, it could be. A very tough one for him with that Chelsea midfield, um, but I think you know West Ham on the counter look very good, um, and maybe they could catch Chelsea out one or two times, and they're pretty efficient on the counter as well. So yeah, I think it could be. I think it's going to be a high scoring one, three two or a four three maybe. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I think I think West Ham might win it. Yeah, I think if Jaylings if Jaylings scores, he becomes the um, only second West Ham player ever to score in six consecutive um, Premier League appearances. Jeez, that's that's a big stat for Jaylings. I know a number of those have been penalties. Um, look, I am going to go with Chelsea in this one. I think based on the absence of Rice and Dawson, I don't think that um, the Hammers will be able to hold Chelsea out. I think Chelsea just have too much firepower. Um, yeah. Wilson think... suspended, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he folded. Um, yeah, on the halfway. Yeah. Callum Wilson on halfway. No, Joe Joe Linton. I think he's still there. <laughs> folded <laughs> Joe Linton. Um, yeah, no, I think I just think they have too much firepower. I'll be interested to see how Moisey goes about this, and if he does play for that nil or draw, because it does make sense if they could sit in and just not concede. But they're just not as for me. They're just not as ominous without Big Mikel Antonio out there. Um, so I just don't think they have the firepower. I think Chelsea will be able to get it done. All right, so let's move on to the humdinger of the weekend. All right, I just want to tip. I do not want to talk about this game at all. So Sheffield United and Brighton. Who have you got, Sean? Um, I have Brighton winning, um, but a couple of uh, injury concerns. Um, Webster, Byrne and Welbeck um, are all under clouds and might play. But, yeah, I think Brighton will have too much for them, and I think this could be – um, a win for Brighton, and then they'll have a little celebration because I think that is too much for Fulham at this point. All right, Barney, who do you like? Yeah, I think Brighton as well. They'll sit, they'll get the win, seal their their um, Premier League survival for another year, and then uh, yeah, it is, is a bit concerning with like uh, Webster burn and then White out as well. But uh, yeah, it'll be too good for him. 
So a win, a win here will take him 10 points above Fulham with five to go. So two points a game. Fulham, That's over. Yeah. yeah. Fulham, Fulham haven't looked that likely. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm going to go with Brighton as well. I don't think Sheffield United have enough quality this year. So everyone for Brighton and then um, basically they're safe now. So let's move on to Wolves, Burnley. Just a quick one here. Who have you got in this one, boys? Go on, Sam. Uh, Wolves, but a very boring game. That's all Sean? I got for you. No, I'll probably go with Barney. I think this is going to be low scoring, um, but I'm going to lean towards um, Wolves in this one. Yeah, I think Wolves as well. I, hopefully, Adama Torre can um, put some performances together because when he's on fire, he's very entertaining, but been quite underwhelming lately. Mm, speaking of boring games. <laughs> so let's move on to what would be the match of the round. Um, <laughs> two attacking sides, both at the peak of their powers. Some of the best minds in football coming together. So we've got Leeds versus Manchester United at the user-friendly time of 11 p.m. Sunday night. Sean, who have you got in this one? And why is Oli going to overcome Bielsa again? No, I probably agree with you. I think this is match of the round. This should be exciting. I expect to see goals from both teams um, in this. Like Manchester United will um, always go forward and score goals, but I think, yeah, Leeds are good enough to sort of catch them um, and turn Harry Maguire around. So, you know when he runs backwards and turns his head like that and just looks <laughs> lost? I didn't see that happening. Um, yeah. Trying to think, where the hell is this Bamford guy gone? Um, so... Yeah, a couple of injuries concerns for Manchester United, though. Um, you've got Phil Jones um, and Marcel with a knee. So they're both set to, to miss, which is a bit unfortunate. But I think overall, I'm probably leaning towards Manchester United. I think at the end of the day, I think their quality will, will come through um, and they should have enough to get past leads. And I think the damage will be done in um, Manchester United's front third. What do you reckon, Barney? I'll just give you a quick lead in too. There's only one team in the competition that's won all their last five games. Um, I won't tell you who it is, but who do you think is going to win this game? Uh, I think it's going to be a very tense affair, obviously a bit of a derby. Um, but I think it will probably end up being Manchester United who win. Um, they look pretty pretty hard to beat at the moment. But I've been very impressed recently with um, Leeds' sort of defensive solidity. They you know, obviously started the year, they were all over the place. They could score. And go forward well, but like when teams uh, attacked them, they sort of crumbled. Uh, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's, you know, Bielsa's got to sort it out. He's got to sort that defense out." And he has sorted it out, and no one's really sort of complimented him on it. Uh, so yeah, I think they've gotten much better at the back, and they actually are unbeaten in their last five. So haven't won their last five, but unbeaten. So yeah, it's a uh, good match of two teams who are in form, but. United for the win, I think. So I'm going to rattle yeah, off. Thanks, so- thanks Bunny. Thanks, Bunny. I think um, Bielsa would be happy to hear. That, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Especially such a big podcast like this, you know. Exactly. Yeah, he, he actually, there's an email later in the show from him. Um, no, but I'm just going to run you through a couple of Leeds' latest results. So 13th of March, they played Chelsea, nil all. They beat Fulham 2-1. They beat Sheffield United 2-1. Beat Manchester City 2-1 and then drew 1-0 with Liverpool. So they're in like, they're not in amazing form for a club like that. That's pretty bloody impressive. Like, you would have expected them to lose those three games, Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, and then lose any of them. Yeah, I think they're third on the form table at the moment. Like, you've got Manchester United at the top, then City, um, and then next next best form um, is Leeds. So, yeah, I think they've got a chance. I think they can cause United problems, but I think United would probably just have too much for them. Yeah, I, I am going to go for a, a draw in this one, actually, boys. I think Manchester really? Yeah, I think Leeds have been... Quite good the last couple of weeks. Manchester United have won, but um, 
have only been impressive in patches. And I think in patches, leads can really hurt you, like if you switch off. So I actually think this one's going to be a draw. Um, mm, that could cost Man United the title. <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> believe me. Um, we're, we're all concerned about it because that, with that, that means we've got to make up 11 points um, within five games. And look, it's, it's tough. It is tough, but I think Ollie's the man for the fight. Um, obviously, being the form manager in the competition right now. So, look, uh, we've got two and a draw for me, but I still think it's going to be the match of the round. So, then we'll move on to, I think it's a Midlands derby, this one. Aston Villa versus West Brom. Is this going to be the end of West Brom? I think it's going to be the end of West Brom. Um, I think Big Sam will get the boys relegated, um, but I think Big Sam will move on. Um <laughs> And so, so I'm going for Villa in this one. I still think Jack might be um, out, um, which is not good news for Villa. Um, but I've got El Ghazi to score in a little bit of a multi there. Yeah, nice. What do you think, Barty? Yeah, I think Aston Villa too strong. I think West Brom were, uh, were sorted out this morning. I think there's no, no chance they can stay up now. Um, but I heard them talking about this morning. They're like, oh, they've got to – you know, when they get to, go down the championship, they've got to really invest. And I think the biggest thing they've got to keep is Sam Allardyce. Um, I don't think the news has caught up to him that Sam Allardyce <laughs> is out of there. He's not he staying. Zero interest. <laughs> there is no chance. He's going to the pub. What's that? Yeah, exactly. He's I'm, like, he's, no, I've got Super League to concentrate on. <laughs> he's, about, he's about to resign so he can claim he's never been relegated from the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'll be joining them down the championship. Not at his age. Not with his knees. Um, so, what, what do you think? What do you think, Job? Who, who, Villa. Got one, yeah, I, th- I think Villa should have enough. Um, I think Villa and Ollie Watkins to score would be my tip for this one. All right, let's move on to Tuesday's fixture. Not too much to get excited about here. I do want to quickly touch on the EFL Cup after this fixture, but Leicester City versus Palace. Give me a quick tip, Sean. Uh, Leicester five nil. Jeez, five nil. No, we're full strength again, which is good. Um, I think Palace have been rubbish recently. Um, yeah, like they've really got nothing to play for. They seem to be um, rather safe and obviously can't go anywhere up in the table. Leicester got a lot to play for. Full strength, in good form, cup final on the way. The boys, they're flying. Barney, what do you think? Yeah, this is uh, – I, I tend to agree with Sean. This is going to be a shellacking. This is Le- Le- Leicester could could easily put five past Crystal Palace. They have got nothing to play for and show no desire. <laughs> they, they look like a team that has nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, just so because I'm you boys have gone so comprehensively one way, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace. Um, is Wolf, oh, is yeah. Wolf Zaha playing? Uh, uh, let me see. He's still injured. I, I think he – Let's. Why are you checking that? I think if um, Leicester really get hold of Palace, I think you could um, get a heart attack in there for Roy. It could be the end of him. <laughs> you think you could push that nine nil, maybe. <laughs> Let's go for a record. Yeah. No. I, look, I think I think Palace is still relatively solid. They've been fairly poor the last couple of weeks, but surely they won't go out and get battered. I suppose Leicester have quite a bit to play for. But do you think um, Brendy might start resting some players with the one eye on the cup final? I don't think so. We've only got sort of one game a week now, so yeah, I don't think there's any need for that. No. All right, boys, let's move on quickly to the AFL Cup final. So, Barney, I know you feel very passionately about this, and obviously you've just cracked a can of Carabao to get in the mood for it. Exactly. Who do you like in this one, and how much is City going to win by? 
Well, I, I don't accept that statement. Um, I uh, I don't know. With with Jose in, I think we had a pretty good chance. Uh, you know, without him now, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I really, I'm. I'm at, have absolutely no idea how this is going to go. I think you know, City are obviously in form. They're looking good. Um, you know, I I I not sure how we can get past it. I'm just reading a report as well that apparently uh, Kane is not looking good for the uh, for the final. So you know, without Kane, I sort of don't see how Tottenham can get past uh, City. As much as I'd love to see him win. It's going to be a very tough ask. Um, but on City, do you reckon Phil Foden is the first name on the team sheet now for them? He's in some seriously good form and he's he's uh, he's nah. putting, him, putting him away as well. Nah, Pep's, a, so. Pep's, a, Pep's a top down guy. He starts with Edison. Like he, he works down the page. He doesn't put Phil Foden in them work around it. But Ed- Edison isn't playing. So then surely Foden's Stephen- first name on the sheet. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it'd be Stefan, no, Pep, Pep's too methodical. He wouldn't put Phil Foden in there, build the team around him. He'd be like, start at the top and work my way down. So I, I think I think he is the first team, first player on the on the team sheet at the moment. And I think what that spells bad news for, um, not only for Man City but England, is uh, Raheem Sterling. So you've seen he's a bit out of favour at the moment with um, with Pep. He hasn't been starting the last last few games. Um, Foden's been in there. Yeah. Not only in the, in the Champions League but in the Prem this week as well. So... Yeah, I don't think it's good news for Sterling. Yeah, so, you boys so, yeah, Sean, what do you reckon? Do you think City are going to win this by a few? I, I, I do. Um, I think City will be too strong. Um, I think it's not going to be a blowout, but I think they'll they'll do it comfortably, like um, two 0 or three one or something like that. So they'll have a comfortable win um, without blowing Spurs out of the water. I'm just I'm still confused about the timing of the sacking of. Um, Jose, so I appreciate it was coming to an end, and and that was probably the where it was really going to land, maybe um, eventually anyway. But just the timing of it. So you think about it: if you've got a cup final coming up in a one-off game against City, um, where obviously they're going to have more ball than you, you probably want someone like Jose to set up the team and structure the team, and see if you can pinch something yeah, exactly. and, and win a and win a trophy. So I thought that that was odd. The other thing is, which was what we just spoke about, is that um, you know the the fixture between um, Chelsea and West Ham this week, with um, Spurs being just behind them, and they can leapfrog them into fourth. Um, I just it just seems that yeah, plausibly Jose could have finished the season in fourth um, with a trophy. And if you were to offer to that that dispersed at the start of the year, I think they would have taken it. So just, just the time. And especially when you've got – why sack him now when you've got no one to bring in? Mm. Do you know what I mean? You may as well let him wind down his contract a bit and let him at least have a crack at finishing up in fourth and the EFL um, Cup in the in the trophy cabinet. Then you can come to him at the end of the year and, and, and you can go and look at your manager now, find out who you want. Then come to Jose at the end of the year and say, oh, look, you didn't make the top four and you didn't win us the Cup final so you're out like you've got reasons there like I just seems so odd to sack him at the time but anyway swinging back onto the fixture yeah I think Man City just going to have too much for them um, which is a little bit unfortunate I'd, I'd rather see Spurs win but I think Manchester City will yeah I, th- I think no it's hard to either yeah <laughs> that's a pity for John um, he's just played his that's, way that's, I, that's good for Man City I think um, yeah I just think City are way too good for Tottenham right now I think Tottenham are in a, not quite a rebuilding phase but they're certainly in a bit of a lull um, and I'll be interested to see if Gareth Bale gets a start just to see because he's got a history in cup finals, so he might be able to produce something magical, but he could also be 
absolute shite. Um, but yeah, I think City. What about the what about the new manager bump? Is that going to help Spurs at all in this Cup final, or do you think it'll hurt them? I think it hurts them. I yeah, think it I really agree. hurt. Like, I think if we're talking about a league fixture, you can just get the bounce because it's like day to day. But now we're talking about like the real deal. You're talking about Pep, who's been in like what fifty cup finals. Yeah, you need, yeah. and that's again another reason why you would have kept Jose for this game, where it's going to be a real um, tactical battle, um, and so you, you're not going to get that manager, new manager Pep up. In, yeah, in this. like attitude's not enough in this. Like it's a big part of it, but like there's going to be tactical things that I don't think Ryan Mason's ready for the fight yet. He might well be one day, but he is the currently the youngest manager in the Premier League and the youngest manager ever to get a win in the Premier League. I, I don't <laughs> think the uh, the new manager bounce can technically transfer over to cup finals. I don't think it's allowed to yet. So, so yeah. <laughs> well, but, it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. Like the idea that you're in a cup yeah. final should be enough for the manager to keep yeah. your job. <laughs> so, do you want a bit of uh, touching on Jose there? Do you want a bit of a, a uh, Jose update. I've got some some good little tidbits that have come out from this Go week. On. So on, official line from the club is that it's performance-based. Um, Rumor Mill says it's due to the, his contention with the ESL. And this is a good one. After he was sacked, he stayed at the club and spent four hours telling players home truths with a lot of it in front of <laughs> other players and staff. So basically, I, I reckon he spent three hours of that just ripping Delhi and Bale a new one and then Got a few more in on, the, on, on his way out and a few prongs on the way out the door, I reckon, as well. Do you know when there's that guy at your workplace who's not that good at his job and he always says, oh, when I leave, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this? <laughs> That's what that sounds like. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really tear into Deli Ali. <laughs> exactly. Really exactly. going to leave you what I think of him. That's so <laughs> Jose, so petty. Oh, no. All right, boys, so I'm going to give you a quick multi for the cup final and then we're going to get out of here. So I've got City to win both halves. Um, yeah, City to win both halves, so they're going to score early. And I've also got Phil Foden to score. I don't know what that's paying, but it's at Oh, what's the point of rolling it out there, mate? Because it's going to be – I'd say you get real rich off it. So um, Man City to keep a clean sheet, Man City to win both halves, and Phil Foden to score. That's oh. easy money. Enjoy the football, boys. See you, everyone.